My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Bashi here. Today we have a super exciting guest, Jane Pilger. She empowers women who feel out of control around food to develop food freedom and body trust. She's also the host of the Binge Breakthrough Podcast. Welcome to the show, Jane. Thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Basha. I'm excited to be here today. Likewise, and it's a pleasure to have you. We're going to have some great conversation. We'll cover what's working, your podcast, your challenges, and your goals. And I'm sure within that conversation alone, we'll have some great takeaways. Before we jump in, do you mind telling us a bit about your story and where you are today? Yeah. So, gosh, I would say in terms of my story, like just as it relates to, you know, really where I am today, I would say goes back to my first semester in college. And I had moved away like many people do in college. And I was just experiencing like a lot of a lot of things and a lot of emotions and things I didn't really know how to deal with. And I received a care package that was a box full of candy, essentially. And um, I ended up binging on this box of chocolate. It was a box full of um, just candy sized or miniature, you know, snack sized candy bars. And I don't remember really the binge itself, but what I remember is just being surrounded, sitting on the floor in my dorm room by myself, surrounded by this box and all of these empty wrappers and thinking, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? What have I done? And I was so ashamed. And that really started my cycle of binging and trying to fix myself and trying to understand what was wrong with me and figure out why I did this thing that I did. But I was so ashamed of what I was doing that I wouldn't, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I wouldn't tell anybody. So I was trying to figure this out on my own. And really, as I look back on it, I was really just keeping myself, keeping myself stuck in the cycle by just trying to stop this terrible, awful thing that I was doing. And this proceeded for uh, probably almost 25 years of binging, restricting, trying to stop, trying to find all the things that were wrong with me. I've been, went through all the diets, all the plans, um, you name it, two rounds of intensive outpatient therapy at an eating disorders clinic. Um, And I would have these periods of time, periods of success, but I would inevitably find myself binging again. And I just, the thing about me though, was that I just would never give up. I'm definitely a resilient person. And so I just kept, I knew there was a life and a possibility for me where this was not my identity. And this was not the thing that consumed me. And I just kept looking and I kept figuring it out. And then I really learned a lot more about the nervous system. I learned a lot more about just my internal world, really creating safety and trust with myself that I just never had before. And as these kind of like final pieces of the puzzle really came together, it was like, oh, I get it now. Like, I really felt like I had the kind of that full understanding and that full awareness to really put it all together. And I really feel like, like so many people, I just had this idea that if I can figure this out, I am going to help other people do the same. 
And that's really just kind of where I am now. And so now my, my uh, full-time business is just helping other women who similarly feel out of control around food, feel like they're broken, don't understand why they do what they do with food. And it's really my, um, gosh, just my honor to help them understand that they aren't broken. There really is a very good reason. And I help them understand what that reason is so that they can now understand themselves, begin to work with themselves in an entirely different way instead of fighting themselves and hating themselves, which is the, the history and the journey that most people who have been in this kind of cycle for years or decades have been on. So I would love to know, and it's amazing that you do that. I I love that. And I love that it was, you had this innate feeling that like, okay, I know this is, this is how to fix this problem. I need to help other people do it. So let's, let's start with that. But what, in your opinion is, where are these outpatient facilities and these standard common treatments falling short? And how do you fill that gap? That's such a good question. You know, I think... Mm, That's such a good question. It's actually a question that nobody's asked me before. Um, But I think where they're falling short is, I think for me, if I look at, and I can't really speak for like every outpatient facility, right? I only know my own experience. But if I look back at my experience and why maybe it, it did fall short for me at the time where I was, I think for me, it's, I didn't really understand. I didn't necessarily have this understanding of why I did what I did. So it was very much, here's what you should do. Here's what you should eat. Here's how we do mindful eating. Here's how we talk about, you know, fear around food or fear around hunger or these types of things. But I think for me, what's very different and what I really focus on is helping people understand how it makes sense. How does it, why does it make sense that you do what you do to really develop that understanding? And I think I didn't have that. I did not have the understanding of all of the components that went into play to create the eating disorder. And so it was me just trying to fix it, to fix this thing that I did. So it was very focused on kind of just more of the actions, do these things, eat in this way, eat these foods, don't eat these foods, eat at these times, don't eat at these times. So it was very much focused on kind of the external and the activities instead of really, I mean, what I help people do is shift the way that they look at themselves, the way they see themselves, the way they understand what happens when they do binge or eat in that out of control way. So I think that for me anyway, was the, was the the difference. What is the most common, I guess, I, I, I get what you're saying. So these, these typical treatments, they're just treating the symptoms. They're not really treating the roots and the, the, the disease yeah. itself. Yeah. 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 What is the most common, I guess, underlying cause or disease? We'll put it that way. I hate to put it that way because it sounds so negative. But you get what I'm trying to say that, you know, I do. Yeah. And I don't, I definitely, right. Yes. And I definitely, I don't, I do, I, I for sure don't resonate with the word disease, but, but cause like, so I talk about in my podcast, the first um, eight episodes of my podcast, I talk about, there are really eight primary reasons why people binge or why people feel out of control around food. And so when I look at those reasons, um, then those reasons kind of are the, are 
they, they really are the answer, right? And each why has a corresponding what to do about it, has a corresponding solution. And, you know, I think they're all, it's hard to say which, like, which is the primary one, but number one is shame and judgment, just shame and judgment about the behavior, thinking that you're broken, thinking you're wrong, thinking there's something wrong with you, right? There is going to prevent you from being able to kind of just see and understand it from a different lens. So shame and judgment is huge. Um, Restriction, literally not eating enough food. Most people with Uh, who struggle with binging have at least some history of restriction, like whether it be through diets, generally it's through dieting, not eating enough. Restriction is a huge one. The two main reasons that I see that most people start binging, start eating in secret, hiding food, these types of behaviors is either restriction or sometimes it's trauma. It's a response to trauma. And so that's one of the other reasons is a dysregulated nervous system. And so we learn often from a very young age that um, food can help kind of soothe the nervous system when we don't have any other tools or any other ways, we don't learn other ways to calm and to regulate the nervous system. We kind of just discover because our bodies are pretty amazing. We discover that food will do that and food will kind of create that that effect. So that's one of the reasons is just a dysregulated nervous system. Uh, Disconnection from your body. A lot of people, both this kind of can go with that nervous system response, but a lot of people use food to disconnect. So I used to say like, it would be for me almost like turning the lights off. Like I just use food to turn the lights off on myself. When I was younger, I didn't really learn how to deal with my emotions. I would get upset. I would go to my room and just slam the door. So then I discovered, oh my gosh, when I binge, it's like I'm slamming the door on myself, slamming the door on my emotions. So that's another reason is emotional capacity, like a coping mechanism. We use food to try to cope with other cope, cope, cope from emotions that we maybe don't want to feel. So the solution there is expanding, learning how to with other emotions. It also becomes a habit when you've done it for a long period of time, when you've done anything repeatedly over and over, our brain kind of wires those connections together. So it can become also a habit. Also, one of the other reasons is an attempt to control. We're trying to control. We're trying to control our weight. We're trying to control our bodies. We're trying to control all of these things. And in our attempt to control, we actually end up feeling exactly the opposite. So we feel out of control because we can't really control the size of our bodies. We can't control our appetites as much as, as much as we might try. And then the last reason is your internal dialogue, the way you talk to yourself about yourself, the way that the conversations that you have in your head while you're eating while you're doing these things is such a huge, such a huge part of, of the whole picture. Oh, I'm sure those are all very, those are very interesting reasons. And I'm sure that, you know, outpatient facilities don't, don't give you that kind of, that kind of depth. And that's, that's where the problem is. I would love to hear about, so you did have this feeling like, okay, like I need to go and help other people, but at what point did you decide, okay, now is the time I think I'm, I'm ready to go and start coaching people. I love to hear about that moment. Mm. 
Yeah. So I actually have been coaching people in this space and on this topic for uh, quite a number of years. Um, I've been coaching uh, within uh, Corinne Crabtree's weight loss program. Corinne Crabtree is, uh, she is my best friend and she is the owner of the No BS uh, weight loss program. So I've been coaching within her program for for quite a number of years, but I really wasn't, I wasn't quite ready to go out on my own. But when I I really kind of came to the point that I was like, I'm ready was, was a year ago, literally one year and like literally a year ago. And I just, I think it was really once I, I just felt like, okay, it's time. Like I, I have the pieces of the puzzle together. Now I really understand how to talk about this. I felt very, um, I was much more open in talking about my own journey. Uh, I actually got certified as a, as a life coach a number of years ago, and I was going to start my business and I just, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to kind of have that vulnerability to really talk about it. My binging actually ramped up after having, you know, like subsided for quite some time, it ramped up in that way. And I was like, Ooh, maybe I'm not ready. And, and I probably wasn't now looking back on it. Um, but yeah, a year ago was, was the time I was like, okay, this is it. I'm ready. And, uh, it's just been, it's been quite the journey, uh, over the last 12 months. So you've been in this business for about a year. I'm sure that there are plenty, there's a multitude of things that you wish that you knew back when you first started that, you know, now what's the biggest thing that stands out to you? Oh gosh. Um, whew. You know, I think I feel very fortunate in, in having, being surrounded by a lot of other people who are at various stages in building their own businesses. So I feel like I had a lot of, I had a lot of insight into what works, what doesn't work. Um, Not that there haven't been challenges, but I think, I think having the mindset going in that this is you know, this is, there's always going to be something to improve upon something to learn. I don't have to be in a hurry. I can just stay in action and focusing on whatever projects or things are in front of me right now and knowing that things will change and things will unfold. Um, I think has really, I don't know. I feel like it has not been easy. Do not get me wrong. It has not been easy, but I don't, I don't really identify like some huge, challenge or thing I really wish I knew then. Um, I just feel like it's kind of, I've just kind of like learned, learned as I've gone and just continue to kind of take action and improve. And I'm sure having, having people around you that are doing similar things and have already tried different methods, it makes it a lot easier when you have those kinds of people to go and talk to. So I think that that makes huge difference. Absolutely. So you've, You've gone through your first 12 months. What's in the works? What's the goal for the next 12 months? Mm, so the goal for the next 12 months, I am, uh, so I am now, uh, so I offer one-on-one coaching as well as group coaching. I've just started group coaching, just launched into group coaching. So my one-on-one uh, right now I'm full with my one-on-one clients, which is amazing. So my goal really is to, um, to, to, Uh, just focus on the groups and really like helping people understand that power of group coaching um, and, you know, just learning about, um, I don't know, I'm very comfortable coaching in a group, but just, just focusing on the, focusing on the groups and yeah, I think just continuing with my podcast and um, getting more, more 
more viewers, more um, just more listens and more downloads on the the podcast. So that can just continue to be an amazing resource for people who either aren't ready yet or, um, you know, are just getting getting to know me as uh, is, a, is a great resource. Love it. Love it. What is your biggest challenge as of today? Ooh, my biggest challenge as of today, I would say right now in this very moment, I'm in the process of I'm combining websites. So here is, this is probably one thing I could go back and ask it now, answer the question you asked me with one thing I really wish I knew or like would do differently. I started two separate websites. So I started my janepilger.com website. And then when I started my podcast, Binge Breakthrough, I decided, I'm sure I had a great reason at the time, but I decided to have a separate website, bingebreakthrough.com, which is amazing. But what I'm now that I'm in the process, I've been learning about SEO, I realized, oh, I'm actually kind of taking traffic away from myself by having two different podcasts. I mean, two different websites. So I'm actually in the process of now combining those both into one website. And so that everything there, including my podcast, it's all just on one website. So it's not confusing. Wait, do I go to Jane Pilger? Do I go to binge breakthrough? I'm not really sure where I'm going. So that's, um, that's the biggest thing, like kind of the biggest project that I'm working on. And, um, you know, in hindsight, if I would have just built them together in the first place, uh, you know, this would be a little bit less of a project, but that's, (laughs) that's what I'm, that's what I'm currently, uh, currently doing right now. So that's a big lesson. Put everything in one place, <laughs> one place, one website. Uh, yes, because for SEO, it does make a difference. Speaking of binge breakthrough, let's go ahead and let's cover your podcast. What was, we'll, we'll yeah. start with this. What was the intention behind starting the podcast? You know, I think I started listening to podcasts, I think probably in 2014. And I remember even back then there was, I think there was one podcast about binge eating and uh, it doesn't even exist anymore. But I remember even back then, like, I would love to have a podcast. Like, I just thought that would be amazing. And so um, I think for a long time, I've known I wanted to do it. And so for me, it's really, I just want more people, so many women and men who struggle with food, feeling out of control, struggle with binge eating, really feel like they're broken. Like there's something wrong with them. And there's so much shame. We don't talk about it. So I really wanted to um, be able to talk about it, to help people understand that they're not broken there really is a very good reason why you do what you do. So I think for me, that was a lot of it is to be able to provide help and support. I have been helped and supported by so many podcasts. Um, And some people I will never, never know, never talk to. um, But the help and support that I've received in podcasts, I really wanted to be able to, um, to provide that. And also in the event that somebody does want additional help and support beyond the podcast, I want people to know that, oh, wow, maybe, maybe she could help me. Maybe there is something, maybe she could see something or help me understand something that I've never been able to understand before. And that's really one of the gifts that I have is helping people really make sense of their food struggles in ways that they just like kind of blow their mind because they never made the connections before. Absolutely. And I think having a podcast is always wonderful, especially for coaches. 
to have just to build credibility and build that authority. If anybody's ever on the fence about going with you, they can always go and listen to your podcast and decide like, okay, like, do I like her vibe? Like, is this, do I, can I mess with this? Like, do I want to go with her? I think that it's, does she know what she's talking about? You know, it's so podcasts are amazing for that. Amazing. Yeah. 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 So when did you start your podcast? Uh, the Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. So the end of November of 2022. Okay. So first few months, what have some of the biggest challenges been around being a podcaster or growing the podcast? Mm, you know, uh, when I started, I decided, um, I reached out to a podcast production company and they gave me all the information. Here's what you need. Here's what you need to start the podcast. You can totally do this on your own or we can help you do it. And I decided, you know, I could do this on my own, but I don't want to, like, I don't, I don't want to do the production side and it's not my gig. I do not enjoy it. And I really am grateful to myself for making that decision. Um, I also sat down and really just kind of outlined, like, what are the main things? How do I want to start this podcast? And that's really where the whole eight reasons, here's the eight reasons why, here's the solutions. I really started it with that. Um, coming up with a huge list of like, here's all the ideas for episodes has been super helpful. Um, and I think for me, I don't know. I think, I I think I, I went in deciding this is a long game. I'm going to, I am in this for the long term, you know? So I really wanted to come up with kind of a process and a system of not making it stressful, something that like I was doing last minute, but something that I really, just enjoyed. So I don't know that there have been huge challenges. I think again, having, having support somebody else who, who knows this and who does this has been incredibly helpful. And then just kind of having my own little process of, okay, here's what I do in terms of ideas. When I sit down and draft, draft the outline. And then when I record it, kind of what that all looks like, um, just kind of setting it up in a way that just feels really feels good, feels enjoyable. Um, I've really, I've loved it. I really have loved the process. What do you love the most about it? Mm. I would have to say, I actually love hearing from other people who have listened to it. Um, And whether this is like, whether it's somebody who literally emails me from a, a, a country all the way across the globe whether it is um, somebody that I know locally who's like, wow, I listened to your podcast. I had no idea. Um, I was at an event over the weekend and somebody came up to me and was like, you're probably sick of hearing this, but like your podcast is so amazing. It's changing my life. And I'm like, uh, no, I never get sick of hearing that. Um, and my dad, my dad called me the other day and said, I, I was listening to, to uh, my NPR podcast. And all of a sudden I was hearing this voice. And I realized it was you. And it was this amazing professional podcast. I think he had downloaded it. And then, you know, Apple podcast just played the next thing in his podcast. And it was, it was so sweet, you know, to hear from my parents. Um, so I think that's mm-hmm. what I love is just hearing from people all over, all over the world, literally some that I know, some that I don't, um, and how, how it has impacted them. I mean, it's just like, where else can you do that? Uh, of course. Yeah. It's, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Yeah. 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 All right, Jane, thank you so much for coming on the show. If anybody's looking to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to find you? Well, uh, I obviously have two websites. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> for now. 
So yes, for now, the best way to find me is uh, janepilger.com is my primary website. Uh, my podcast is called Binge Breakthrough. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at Jane Pilger Coaching in both places. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much once again for coming on. Thanks, Basha. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure entrepreneur and would like to come on the show, please visit top100interview.com. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.